B minor 9th is dark and shot through with gold. A shape that turns back in on itself. A Mobius strip. At the church across the square, a requiem mass. It is a cave full of blue fireflies. Doing great. All right. Yes. Tess, can you give me another one? Yeah. I need a sec to queue you up. Okay. Thank you. Tell me the first time you saw him. Yeah. My fire escape looks out to Washington Square. When I get stuck or need a break, I go out, get a breath of fresh air, watching the yoga moms pushing strollers, the bucket drummer, the hot dog carts. He was walking into the church, a guy in uniform, like a cop or security guard or something. I was about to head back to the studio when he looked up and we made eye contact. Okay, and what did he look like? He was tall, super pale, and he had like this, I don't know, soft look. I suddenly got an image of a worm, like a giant maggot. For some reason, I almost threw up from the thought. And then I felt a little bad. You know, he's just a guy doing a job. Maybe he saw my reaction or what, but he turned away fast and I went back inside. Back to the studio with Tess. What's up, you okay? What was that? You okay? Yeah, I'm alright. You look kind of funny. I mean, yeah, it was weird. There was this weird guy in the park by the church. A weird guy? This big, skinny, white... I don't know. Bad vibes. Anyways, ready to get to it? Waiting on you. From Folk Process, we are Keeping the Bones the podcast that reimagines and remixes classic weird tales and horror fiction into stories set today. I am your host, Jesse Keller. I just want to remind everyone that it really helps us out a lot if you follow or subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. And we'd appreciate it if you'd help get the word out by sharing however and with whoever you can. Okay, on with today's show. Our inspiration for this episode is The Yellow Sign by Robert W. Chambers. Before we continue, a warning. I want to let everyone listening know that this story concerns the infamous play The King in Yellow. If, like me, you've promised yourself to never so much as open that book, to not read or know a single line, even from the famously banal first act. I understand your decision, and you may want to stop listening now. 
There's a part of me that wishes that I had kept that promise that I made to myself. But I asked Scotty to tell his story, and when he eventually did mention the king in yellow, I didn't ask him to stop. Every Tuesday, 8 a.m., rush hour on Broadway. Outside my bodega, the same two delivery trucks. Their diesel hums harmonize. A sound that's shaggy and dark green. Transports me to a forest in France. Another life and Sylvia. Sweet Sylvia. Leans in the dappled sunlight to look at a lizard. God keeps an eye on this little guy. Just like he does us, she says. Scotty is a musician, producer, and podcaster based in Greenwich Village, New York. He has synesthesia, a condition where, when one sense is engaged, in his case, hearing, other senses fire too. Synesthetic people might experience a certain sound as having a shape, or numbers as having an inherent color. Scotty's podcast mixes music, spoken word, and found audio to create collages of sound. He tries to give a sense of what it's like being synesthetic. He records the sounds of the city throughout his day, and in the studio, he lets his recordings roll almost nonstop. Then he shuffles and chops the pieces into material for his episodes. What we're hearing right now is a session with him and singer Tess de Vivier, recording demos and working out ideas for a new album. What was that? B minor ninth. Huh? Well, it sounds wrong. I was going for something. Not sure if it's working. It's definitely not working. Harsh. I was going for gold, but it's seasick green. Let me try. Try to find the gold. Okay, let me mess with this. How about... Darkness on the deep You are lost down there Some... What the fuck, Scotty? We're trying to write a love song, not whatever, free jazz? No, uh-uh. I, I fucking... It's seasick green, man. God, God damn. Fuck it. D- delete. What? It's deleted. Gone. I'm, I'm gonna start from scratch. I like the progression, and the bass was dope. Don't delete it. I'm too late. I'm trash. Emptied. I'm starting over. Thanks, man. Alright, whatever. Um, maybe that weird guy put a curse on you. I'm gonna need a minute. All right, where's my pen? Tess, I got something. Oh, okay. Uh, ready for me? Yeah, yeah, go in. Uh. You ready to hear it? Uh, give me a sec. Yeah, um, uh, I, I saw the guy. 
Oh yeah? You saw him? In front of the church. Mm-hmm. He's weird, right? Yeah, um I didn't see his face, but he reminded me of this dream I had, or actually, was it a dream? How would I know? <laughs> you were there. It was last winter. I was at home in bed. We just started working on tracks for the EP. Um, I was in my apartment. It was like 2 a.m. I couldn't sleep. And I went over to my window. The street was deserted. No cars. Everything covered in snow. Then I saw headlights and a car coming around the corner. And when I saw it, it was one of those cars with like the, the, the ones that they use for coffins, like a hearse. Um, and when it went by my window, the driver looked right up at me. I had the same dream again a few months later, in, in March, I think. That time I woke up, or whatever, came to, um, right by the open window. Rain coming in, and I was soaked. So what? I was the driver or something? You were in the coffin. The coffin was open? No, I just knew you were in there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, the guy was the driver, the creepy guy. Come on. You said you didn't see his face. Well, it was him. I remember thinking how pale and soft he looked. Pale eyes. Okay, I think we're done for the day. What? I'm I'm sorry. Um, no, it's it's not your fault. I'm I'm not feeling well. Um, oh, we'll, um, we can pick it up tomorrow. Can I do anything? No, that's it, fine. Um. Okay. Thanks, so, Tess. Uh, okay. Scotty gathers found sounds for his podcast in Washington Square Park almost every day wearing a clip-on mic to record his interactions. He knows all the regulars, artists, musicians, NYU students, the hot dog seller. And there was this guy, Thomas, who used to be in the park practically every day, hanging out, smoking weed with friends. Hey, what's up, Thomas? What's up, Scotty? What's up, man? What's good? Yeah, how you been? Good, good. I noticed he kept looking over my shoulder, looking behind me. What was he looking at? Oh, I realized he was looking at the guy in front of the church. So I asked him, What's up? I don't know, man. That motherfucker's weirding me out. You know the guy? Nah. Yeah, he weirds me out too. Alright, check this out, man. One time we were right here, chilling. Like we do. And my man back there keeps staring right at me. Like, straight into my eyes. Every time I look over, just staring at me. Every time. Eventually, I'm like, yo, what's up, man? You got a problem? No answer from him. He just stares. Blank look in his eyes. So I'm like, mind your fucking business, yo. And I kind of, like, shove him. Yeah. It was gross, man. He felt weird, like cold, like squishy. Really? 
Next thing I know, he grabs my wrist. I fucking pull away from him real quick because I, I got weirded out. I feel something strange come up. And no shit, man. I look down. There was a fucking finger. Finger. On the ground. One of his fingers. What? Fucking came off. All I did was pull away from him. For real? His finger came off? I shit you not. Fucking finger, dude. Shit's fucked up. beautiful voice <laughs> shucks uh, thanks scotty i wish you had better guys in your life so you could write some happier songs yeah me too how'd you and tess meet she was just a kid 16 maybe i want to say like 2016 her mom brought her over to record her parents and everyone were sure she was the next big thing I watched her grow up into this beautiful, strong woman. Real artist. Not an instant star, you know, but putting the work. Sounds like you may have had a thing for her at some, at least at some point during that. Uh, Yeah, look, the thought may have crossed my mind, but when I said she needed better guys, I also meant better guys than me. Um, what's next? Hang tight. I want to tweak the mic. Okay. I'm going in. (laughs) Hey. Hey. Oh, hey. By the way, I think your dreams are getting in my dreams. Huh? Wait, um, the church guy? Yeah. And I fell asleep last night on the couch, watching TV, and dreamed, and I woke up. I really felt like I was awake. Like, for real. <laughs> I could hear the wind in the trees, and I was in the box. I, I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. But I could see out of the top, though. My hands were crossed over my chest. I heard an engine. I I could feel movement. Finally, I I could see, kind of see outside, and I was going through dark streets, and only one window had a light in it. 
and you were in the window, looking down. We turned a corner, stopped in the darkness, and I just laid there for, for a long time. I was getting freaked out, so I closed my eyes, trying to wake up, and when I opened them, there was the guy, the hearse driver, white face, pale eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't have told you that story. I just, I think your dreams are getting in my head. Scotty, I'm worried. What if something's going to happen to you? Happen to me? It was a dream, Tess. It's not... I had the same dream again. What, what if it means... Uh, you'd find another producer. There's a million of us in town. I don't want someone else. I only want you. We probably shouldn't have done that. I don't know. Maybe we should do it again and see. Washington Square at midnight. Cricket chirps are furry purple. A pimp jacket straight from 78. I wish she'd fallen for a better man. I was a good man for a minute. Sylvia, the French Boris. Young, good. I hadn't found out how to be bad, but that was then. She's gone. You can't break a heart already in pieces. Now my hands hold one whole and unbroken. Take care. Hey, what's up, Scottish? Hey Thomas, what's up? How goes it? Pretty good, man. How you been? Oh shit! It's the actress from last week. Check it out. Hey Scotty, you up? <laughs> you know what that means, right, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm up. <laughs> Anything after eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guess I have a date. See you. Alright, peace, man. <laughs> that same night? Yeah. Man, like I said, I wish she'd fallen for a better guy. Since my trip to France and Sylvia, I haven't had a real relationship since. You were telling me that it was the next morning after you met up with that actress that night. Um, you were crossing the square again when you saw the the guy yeah right around sunrise the next day i was going back to my place the park was practically empty and there was the pale guy the guard hearse driver whatever sitting on the steps of the church and he like mumbled something uh, i don't know if he was talking to me or or himself or what 
Hmm. Did you catch the words he said? He said in this kind of monotone, have you found the yellow sign? And, and he repeated it like, have you found the yellow sign? Spooked the shit out of me, man. Have you found the yellow sign? He repeated it over and over, and I kind of felt this irrational fear. And it's hard to explain. There's fear, anger, disgust, this mixture of... Uh, Anyway, um, I went home and just crashed. I slept for a couple hours, had that same dream. I'm in a coffin in the hearse. I woke up feeling like shit when Tess knocked on my door. She gave me a big hug and a kiss, looking all sweet. I just felt really bad, you know? Want to work on first time, last time? I don't know. I thought maybe we'd work on some new stuff. New stuff? We we got too many songs for an EP already. I don't yeah, think... Yeah, but those are all bad relationship songs. I'm not really feeling that, you know? Thought maybe we could... Like, just scrap it all? I mean, we've only actually recorded, what, four tracks? Yeah. All right. You want to, like, demo? Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Um, I got something to give you. Wow, that, that's, that's really nice. That's beautiful. <laughs> I found it last winter, down at the Battery, just lying on the grass. I always thought it was your style. Found it in the same morning I had the first dream, actually. Yeah, it's this shiny black, like, pin, onyx maybe, with a gold symbol on it. This was a gold symbol, so a yellow... I mean, of course, the thought occurred to me, but, you know, what are the chances? The day after, Tess gave me that pin, and I was moving a drum kit up the stairs. Slipped, fell down the stairs, broke both my wrists, fucked up my knee. It was bad. Both arms and cast, I looked ridiculous. Tess wanted to do all these new songs. Now I can't even play a note. She was doing demos. The plan, I guess, was I'd work on beats when I got the cast off. That'd be like six weeks. I was just feeling useless. I went out to the front room, just like to hang and read a book. Drink a beer through a straw, I guess, because I could barely hold a bottle. So I have a ton of books, but I know every one of them by sight and sound. Like, I can feel it, where every book goes. I'm a little OCD about it, to be honest. So I immediately noticed a book that wasn't mine. On the top shelf, in the corner, black and green spine. And it was, it was the only one that didn't have a sound. 
It was the only book I've ever seen that was silent. Hey, Tess. Tess. Uh, huh? Did you say something? Tess, come, come here a sec. See that book? What book? You got a lot of books. The one at top. Yeah. Did you put that there? No. Can you get it down for me? Okay. <laughs> there was a white writing on the spine. Faded. The cover looked like it was snakeskin. She got up on the step stool. What is it? The king in yellow. The king in yellow? Yeah! You, you know about it? Oh, of course, yeah, the famous play. The, the king in yellow. I was actually friends with Castaigne. Oh, God, yeah, of, of course. That was huge news a few years back, Castaigne. And people said what happened to him had to do with the play. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I know it did. And it's happened to a lot of people, which is why I promised myself I would never fuck with that book. I'd see it at a bookstore. I'd turn and just walk the opposite way. If anybody even mentioned it, I would not listen. Wouldn't even stay in the room. Castaigne and all the other stuff that happened around it, I was I was afraid. Understandable. I, I, it's exactly the same for me. I've, I've not read any of it, not a sentence. Um, and I heard about some of the contents. Um, Casilda's song is is one that I remember. I, I've I've seen that, and the references to Carcosa, Black Stars, um, and like how nobody who's read it will say what happens in the second half. Yeah. So Tess is holding the book, and I'm like, drop it. You know, I'm gonna go. Tess, you can't. Tess, don't! And she just bolts out of the studio with the smile like like it was a game. It was kind of fucking with me, you know? I limped after her yelling not to read it. When I get to the studio, she's not there. Not in the booth. Not in the control room. Out in the stairs. She's not in the bathroom. Bedroom. I look everywhere. I'm freaking out. Finally, like an hour later, I find her out in the fire escape. Soon as I saw her, I knew. She was pale, staring into space with this look I can't even describe. Um, The book, The King in Yellow, was lying by her feet. And it was open to the second part. So I knew it was just too late. Tess was like dazed in a trance almost. I helped her up, brought her to the couch. She just laid down, not talking, till she finally fell asleep. Then I went back out and got the book. 
It felt weirdly heavy, like lead. And I sat down on the rug by the couch and read the whole thing. You read the whole thing? Cover to cover. It was like... I can't describe it. It was the most intense experience of my life. Not even exaggerating. When I read the last line, I just dropped the book and leaned back against the couch, just like, damn. Tess opens her eyes, looks over at me. We started talking, and I didn't even realize for a minute we were talking about the king in yellow. The words, it's so beautiful and fucking awful. Like the writer, whoever they are, says things so clearly and also beautifully about just, man, we talked about Haster and Casilda and the pallid mask. Oh God, if you only knew. It was like midnight, and this fog was rolling in on the village. I'm like, huh, just like the cloud waves on the Lake of Halley. I realized I was holding on to that black and gold pen she gave me. Tess was like, throw it away, throw it out the window, but for whatever reason, I couldn't do it. And then we heard the car driving up, stopping out front. I knew what it was, but I looked out the window to be sure. And yeah, it was the hearse. I locked the door, the deadbolt, even though I knew it wouldn't help. And I could hear footsteps coming up the stairs. I, I knew he was coming for the yellow sign. We went back to the studio, left the lights off. <laughs> I could hear him come in to the front room like the door didn't even exist. Just walked in. It was dark. Tess was grabbing my hand tight but not making a sound. I couldn't see him, but I felt like a cold grip on me. I swung on him with my fucking casts. He pulled the pin off my shirt. I remember falling, calling out, hearing Tess. The neighbors heard Tess scream and called 911. When the police arrived, they found Scotty breathing. Tess was not. She was pronounced dead at the scene. And there was another body. That of the church watchman. He was badly decomposed. And the coroner's report 
said he must have been dead for months. Since then, Scotty has developed a strange condition. He's lost 80 pounds like he's wasting away. Doctors have no explanation. He's just getting worse every day. Songs that Hyades shall sing Where flap the tatters of the king Must die unheard in dim Carcosa That line in Casilda's song, Act 1, Scene 2 Now I know I was wrapped in the tatters of the king in yellow and they're not coming off. Thanks for listening to Keeping the Bones. We hope you enjoyed this episode, inspired by Robert W. Chambers' 1895 short story, The Yellow Sign, from his collection, The King in Yellow. The voices you heard today were Luis Miraz, Luna Camitan, and Cameron Durkatz. All our music is by Son of Lone Cat. I just want to tell everyone listening that creating season one has been a real labor of love and a ton of work by a whole bunch of very talented people here at Folk Process. We have got some plans for season two brewing, and if you want to help us get it done as soon as possible, the best way is by heading over to patreon.com slash keeping the bones and contributing whatever you can. Good ratings and reviews on your podcast app of choice are also a big help, too. And you can also follow us and share on all the usual social media places. The links can be found in our show notes and at keepingthebones.com. We'll be back soon with another story.